All right, you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the best of the best of the best. Fully loaded. It was so good. Luck, luck, luck. I don't think I've ever been chuffed. And what the mouth word said was, you talk too much. Scotty Potty Hay. Someone slapped me. That is not that crazy. That's hard. Losers. This is like proof of the supernatural. This is not the first goal scored by a hand this month. What? You made your own luck. You win by winning. He plays, he scores. You're a pouty baby that doesn't deserve to be a baby. He's just a beardo. Si, senor. I would like the pollo ranchero, por favor. I'm just going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the latest edition of the FPL America podcast. This is David Smith. Brian Chesko. And Scott continues to be in it, absent from us, but we are going to push on. Mm-hmm. And Brian, what we're going to try to do mm-hmm. is we're not going to postpone the pods. Nope. We're going to try to keep them going, That's right. even though the FPL might postpone, I don't know, two and a half worth weeks of games or we something only, like that. We only need, technically, we only need one healthy podcast member to make <laughs> the podcast team work. Right. We have two of right. three, sure. so we can field we meet at the least, quota. we can field a we pod can team. field a podcast team, we do not need to postpone. Uh, here we are. Game week 22 is officially over. Crazy. It felt like it would never end. So let's dive right into it, Brian. Yeah, let's talk about game week 22. First significant double game week that we've had this season, I think. Right. Am I right in saying yeah, that? Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, would you say success? Failure? Well, you're, so o- you're okay with the results of the double game week so w- far? Let's refer back to what we were suggesting to people last week. Last yep. pod, we were saying, eh, probably not worth wasting a free hit on this double match week. So now there's a lot of people, even our mini-mini league, who did do that. Maybe we can really quickly run through some of the scores and or just kind of look at look at how they did, because some of the but scores were pretty high. Based on what I've seen uh, this double game week, there seems to be one player in particular who made the difference between you having an outstanding score this week and having a not outstanding score this week. And, well, now, after today, with Spurs playing. True. Uh, yeah, so the uh, we talked about, I think, one of the, the, the big debates of the week was Ronaldo and Kane, like what to do with your forward spots. Like, do you want to spend extra on, on forwards? The correct answer was yes, spend it on Kane. Right. We now know that that was the, uh, the proper thing to do. Kane is going to finish, I think, with a 12, uh, possibly a 13. Ronaldo got no offensive returns. Right. He started So today. not only did Ronaldo not play the first, the first game week, he comes in and he gets, uh, he gets you about 60. I think he got you to the 60-minute mark, but got yanked early in this match uh, against Brentford today. So Ronaldo um, ends up getting you a, a 4 if you captained okay. him. So that's okay. the best you could have done with him. Where I know that Kane, uh, anyone who saw the first or that did not get Kane in the first match this right. this week against um, well, Arsenal, Arsenal, the North London derby, it doesn't hurt you. Right. Uh, Kane ends up getting you double digits uh, in his typical huge performance against uh, Leicester City. All right. So we're, real quickly, League Billy. But, but which, the, the, which, the, the, what I was going to say is the correct answer of 
Uh, For some of, people, of is yes. The the correct answer of who you should have put in your team this week, uh, which we said was a, a a crazy move, if you're a crazy person to do it, was Bruno Fernandez. That seems to be the guy who made the biggest difference uh, for any teams this week. Uh, and I think we – did we mention it? Did we, we were going to talk about it yesterday, I think, uh, in our mini-mini league for sure. League Drew captained Bruno Fernandez. We also had Barry. League Barry. League Barry captained Bruno Fernandez this week. So uh, that is the double Maverick move, and that is one of the most uh, commendable moves that you could have made this week. I'm so happy for you and jealous of the score. No kidding. Uh, League Billy, we should also mention Captain Kane. So he free hit in. Uh, he he called me today. He's like, oh, all I need is like 37 points. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, this guy. And he had Madison going. He yeah. had Bruno going. Yeah. He had Lucas Mora, who did not give him a return. No. Regulon and then Kane. And he had Captain Kane. So yeah. Kane gets a goal and an assist. At least one assist, maybe yeah. two. Kane got a goal and an assist. He Kane probably should have scored another one. Uh, had a ball cleared off the line early. Spurs, It's a, it was a weird game today if you didn't watch it for whatever reason. Um, I think Spurs, I think first half their XG was like almost three. Oh I mean, gosh. they were, I mean, it was like 18 shots in the first half for them. I mean, second they were, half. And then the second half, they honestly, they... I don't know if you can – it's a, it's the weirdest thing. It's hard to say whether they deserved the 3-2 win or not. Uh, they they score the latest uh, game winner, I think. The NBC sports guys were saying that. The latest game winner in, in the Premier League. So 1-1 going in the 76th minute. James Madison scores. Yep. Then Madison, Madison puts them up 2-1. You think that they can – they were can kind of hang on. We go into point. injury time. Yep. Steve Bergvine. Berg, Bergvine is a late sub and gives Spurs the exact spark they need. Or 90 plus 5. Yep. 90 plus 7 goals. Is in the right place at the right time. A ball to uh, Doherty. Doherty. Uh, Doherty yep. uh, blasts one at, uh, at, the, at the goal, and it falls gently to Berg, Bergvine, who blasts it into the net to tie the game. And then uh, Kane puts the ball perfectly uh, two minutes later for Bergvine to score the winner. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah. Kudos to Spurs. I don't like to see it at the table, but honestly, that's a that's a heck of a match. I don't know if that's if that's luck. I mean, I'm sure you don't want to uh, be relying on that every every match, but Leicester can be feisty. The game was at Leicester. And uh, all Leicester. things said, this gives some Spurs. They might um, be able to move up the club mojo table a little bit. It is definitely a big boost to the club mojo uh, for Spurs. You could see that they were obviously uh, lots of screaming and yelling at the end of the match today. I'm sure. Uh, Kane on camera screaming and yelling. I'm sure. So, real quick, summing that up, League Billy, I started telling the story and then got sidetracked, then sends me, uh, I knew this was not good. He sent me a text with like the two eyeballs like looking sideways like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, oh, mm -hmm. look at this. Kind of cocky and I knew. Because I was busy doing work and other things because I have a life, League Billy. And just kidding, jokes there. Anyways, I knew bad things for me had happened, and his guys had scored what he needed. Sure enough, I'm looking at the table, Brian. Yeah. He jumped me in the mini-mini league uh, by one point. So kudos to him. He landed a 79 this week. Yeah. So That's a good score. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Now, this, this will be funny. This will be real funny. Does he get a sub come in? No. All his guys play because he free hit. 
I am posting a, currently a 46. Mm-hmm. If he, he is currently ahead of me by one point, if uh, I'm getting two points off the bench by Watkins. So I actually, that that's going to give me a 48. It's not calculated in yet. That might actually put me back above him by one point. Unless all of the bonus points he gets from his players. Because oh, for sure Madison Madison gets yet. one. I don't know that the bonus points are right. calculated You're yet. right. Because Madison's sitting on a seven. Um, man, you're right. All right. I don't even want to get into that. You're right. He'll be, so he'll be happy. All, all of that to say that if you free hit. You didn't get all your double match weeks. Yeah, some so, of them got so not only the, yeah, not only did you get burned probably by double match week performances. Probably based on the the popular choices this week, but like you know something that I just I just texted a little bit ago with League Drew was just the single week guys did pretty good. They uh, did a, well, a, across so, the board, and so so, so you know for me you know starting from the moment the double game week was announced, I only had Madison, Ben Davis, and David De Gea. Those were my only three double game week players going into this. Uh, going into this week, I lose the double for Ben Davis. I lose the double for James Madison. I, I just think that probably happened to a lot of people this week. Like you, you, you dumped out some of the single week guys in favor of double week guys. Right. And you know, I can I can say you know not to keep dragging. This is not a league Drew podcast, but he's one of the people who benched Trent Alexander Arnold this week. Who end up with eleven? So a, a ten from Trent Alexander Arnold. So two of the most popular choices in FPL this week were Bowen or or own, total ownership were like defensively Trent and and Cancelo. If it, you free hit all I double don't, people, I you don't, might yeah I don't you know might not you're, have like obviously them. you're not playing them if you're playing all doubles. And that's 21 points yeah. from, from two guys. It wasn't guaranteed. What's interesting, uh, and, and we'll move on to this, the, the next subject here because we, we got a lot to cover, uh, is normally, Scott, one of the reasons why he doesn't necessarily say you should use your free hits on the double match weeks so uh, is because oftentimes the guys that you want don't play all the minutes of both games. Right. They might play one. Looking, looking at you, Cristiano Ronaldo and Mason Mount, right. and and so many of these guys. So yeah. it did happen. I mean, he's right. he's right. Now some of them did play both. Right. And or the Arsenal game got canceled. Mm-hmm. Right. The North London Derby got canceled, which I'll get to in a second. Uh, and then, so all the Spurs players were fresh. So they were, you kind of went from they might play. I mean, and honestly. If you can choose Spurs, if you're double, if, if you're free hitting, you could choose Spurs, and they can only play one match. Do you want them playing Arsenal right now, or do you want them playing Leicester? Uh, Probably uh, want them uh, playing Leicester. A, a barely healthy, like one uh, recognized uh, striker available, Leicester City, who has to sub on James Justin at like 60 minutes or whatever, right? Just to get him back in the thing, just because he's a, a at this point a, a healthy body, right? A guy who's coming off of a you know a, a horrible injury, right? That's that's the state of it. Yeah. Like anyway, it's the so best case for Spurs. It worked that, out great yeah. for Spurs. Anyway, so moving on, I'm not sure what to take from it. I think we gave pretty good advice well, last week, and, and and we didn't say that not necessarily. The, I wouldn't have done it because I, I. And again, we went over all the reasons last week, but a lot of people did, and I think they if they made decisions with Bruno, if they made decisions with the Spurs. And technically, those end up being single match guys. You didn't know it at the time, right? They did good. League Billy, 
he I think every guy in his team and League Barry. League Barry has the 84. And again, the we haven't seen the bonus points and I'm not going through them yet because the matches just got over yeah. this afternoon. So, uh, you know, uh, those Le- scores will probably be higher. But but then then also on the other end of the you know the top end of the table, League Diane, who's still leading our mini mini league here, she captain Ronaldo. There's no how, what fault would you put on that? That's what no, he said going in sure. going into the double week. I mean, that's There's nothing that's wrong. A, with- that, I think we may have said that last pod. I don't know what, that there was a bad captain choice. You get burned like a lot of other people captaining a, a Watford striker. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that is just purely just bad luck. Yeah. I mean, it's no. just, it's not, it was not a bad move in any way. Uh, you know, I, like this week for me, the, you know, the captain came down to a, like what I thought was the best single week guy that I could, you know, that had upside. You know, I, the, so that, that's, that, you know. You captain De Bruyne. De Bruyne. I captain. Kevin De Bruyne and uh, and it paid off. I mean, yeah. that ended up being a. Gr- yeah. I mean, I'm ha- really happy with that outcome. But yeah, that could. It was a, a kind of a lateish goal for him. Right. It, it gives him bonus points just because that's the way the kind of player he is. But either way, like I still just I just don't think there was really a bad. There's just not a bad. Op- there wasn't a bad option this week. It it only became a bad option. I right. guess is what I'm saying. The lesson that this season, like we're just gonna have to keep learning. I don't know how else we can we we keep saying it. I didn't listen to myself in this advice. No, you didn't. This week. But just not to make any transfers until the last until second. the very last possible moment. I don't know. That has to be the mantra going forward until maybe until not until postponements. I mean, down. if you really are going to play this unless you're like unless you know that you can't be at your phone or or computer of and whatever ready- kind yeah. Like within 15 minutes of the deadline to make those transfers, yeah, I just don't know how you can do it. Just because, like, just to transition, we can do this as a transition now to Spurs and North London Derby. They can't that yes. that postponement. That's, I love you. That is exactly, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, kind of in the manly way, right? That, no, that's the tra- transition I wanted to make and I wanted to address. Scott requested, like, Dave, you better address North London Derby. Well, right. So Antonio Conte, you know, he. His comments, the Spurs comments afterwards, Conte said, this is the first time in my life that the league has postponed a game for injuries. It's very strange and surprising for this. Spurs club statement. They they referenced being disqualified from the European Conference League after they had to reschedule and move in their, you know, they... They talked about not being able to have a fixture with Leicester approved to be moved until after Leicester applied for it to be moved. Right. So Spurs, I mean, their their point eventually ended up being the original intention of the guidance of the postponement, of right. all the postponement issue, was to deal with players directly affected by COVID cases resulting in depleted squads that when taken together with injuries would be would result in a team not being able to field a full squad. Right. Brendan Rodgers comes in a couple days ago and just completely annihilates that and, and just says the rules are clear. The Premier League says you have to have 13 plus a goalkeeper. So there is clarity. It doesn't say the guys out have to be covid. The right. rules are there and clear. So getting getting all the way back around to this, a lot of people are having issues with Arsenal and they're upset with Arsenal and my point was now hold on a second now we can be upset with Arsenal that's fine yeah but are we being upset with the right person because is it against the rules for them yeah. 
to request a postponement. No. No. There's nothing wrong with that. No. Okay? So Arsenal requests the postponement. The Premier League, following the rules that they set up, said, yeah, we can do it. Now, what's happened is it seemed like multiple teams after this have also asked for the same thing and also have been granted it. And, Brian, I think you and I were talking the other day. I kind of referenced it to, is this the new – this is not an NFL podcast, but is this the Brady-Tuck rule? Is this <laughs> is this going to be a yeah. a a loophole that is found in the actual rules that no one's breaking any rules? It's always been there, just no one's actually gone there and asked for it. And, yeah. and so, anyways, Mikel Arteta was asked about it today. And what he said was, his words were, to start this season – we had COVID issues in our clubhouse. And it, remember, let's, let's go back to the first game of the season. Remember, let's, let's go back. Arsenal lost the first three matches of the season. Bottom of the table. They lost at Brentford. Everybody was was yeah. screaming. Yeah, at, relegate, at, at, relegate Arsenal in week one. Yeah. Well, fire, some people were caught by Arsenal. For sure, yeah. They go into City. Of course, Zaka gets a red card, so they're already, they're already hindered. They go into the city match. Zaka gets a red card. They lose two one or five, I don't know. It might have been worse. I think it was, it was the maybe, first week. I think maybe it was four worse. hours. Yeah. Then they play Chelsea. They lose to Chelsea as well. They start off. They go in the international breaks. Oh, 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 and three, bottom of the table. Yeah, they lost. Okay, no one was they, singing. They lost five nothing. No Arsenal. one was crying for Arsenal then. Everyone was was throwing right. heaps and heaps of hate on them. Yep. Okay, so when Arsenal now comes back and says, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, we got some COVID issues." And we're we're in the rules. People still want to be mad at them. So yeah. haters are still going to hate Brian. Yeah. And then nothing we can do. But the Premier League, until they changed the rule, Arsenal was following the rules. And yeah. so they asked for it. Premier League granted it. And at this point, it is what it is. I would have loved to have seen Arsenal try to play the game with the the mo- club mojo, Brian. Yeah. Uh, that they have going for themselves. It feels like in where Spurs were, you know, a week ago or a few days yeah. ago. Up until today, and honestly, they some people would say they kind of stole one. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But a win's a win. Yeah. Points are points, as we like yeah. to say. That was a really good Arsenal moment. Um, <laughs> there's, there, there's just no way of knowing until the day the match is happening. Yeah. Whether a club is going to have the players they need, uh, as I'm doing finger quotes, right. uh, for the match to go ahead. You're if right. they don't have it, they'll apply for a postponement. And as we've seen now, they'll probably get it approved. Yeah. This is why there are currently, as we sit here, 20 postponed mat- matches that need to be rescheduled. FPL scheduling uh, guru Ben Krellen has said that in the next the next double game week announcement, should you, by the time you're hearing this, it will probably be out there somewhere okay. that the next double game week uh, will be announced either tomorrow or maybe Thursday. That's going to happen. But Burnley, by themselves, five matches. Leicester and Arsenal each have four to be rescheduled now. Spurs, Watford, and Everton each have three. And then there's a, and then the handful of other teams with two or one to be rescheduled. Right, for sure. So there are so I mean, this something that he said. This is uh, this is not a Ben Carlin podcast for sure, but uh, just <laughs> something that he said uh, a couple days ago. Just that I'm sure the frustration for like your overall rank, if that's something you really care about. Just to say that if you're overall, if you're around, say, the top 100,000 this season, 
He's saying it's not the same as if you were overall hundred thousand in previous seasons. Of course. And that of just course. knowing that you just know it like this week. So like it's harder or not as hard? No, I think what he's saying is that it's easier. Everybody's so tightly packed and the movement like from like I I'll just give you my score because this is about me right this moment. For sure. No, just that one good week. My week is not was not like like I it's a it's a a good score I'd say overall. I had fallen, you know, from like top 70,000 down to the in the 700,000s a few weeks ago. One good week this week and I'm back to 350. Yeah. So I just think the scores are so the scores are so jammed up. Like it just seems like being able to navigate the double game weeks and being able to kind of do your best to plan ahead, but I think probably more than planning ahead is going to be being able to be fluid as late as possible. Yeah, and just be flexible can can really uh, can really impact what, what you know what you end up being able to do as far as rank movement. Brian, I've mentioned this a couple of times, and and this is going to be a new segment. This might be a, this is probably going to be a, a actual new segment. Okay. Mojo time. <laughs> okay. League Ben, huh? Brian, heavy contributor on Slack. Yeah. Uh, in our mini mini league, we've talked about this. We have referenced this. I can't remember if I started. If Scott, you, I don't remember. But we've yeah. talked about in the past, like football, your world European football, not American football, yeah. is a is a uh, club. Like if your locker room isn't right, it will show on the pitch. And we kind of have named it like Club Mojo. Like, what's, yeah. how, what kind of mojo do you have? Right. And uh, Ben has put together, he finally said, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put together a spreadsheet, the Club Mojo table. Yeah. And so he sent that to me in Slack, and uh, we added it in. And, and he has not updated it from this current match week. So yeah. there's probably a lot of factors going into it. And I don't know his actual, he's got some form of metric. But I know this. At the top, currently, Manchester City, right? Yeah. They're um, like unassailable on mojo. Fire. Yeah. Okay, so one team is on fire in this chart. He's got a few different color-coded yeah. rankings because we love this, right? We love yeah. the, But he named them, which I, which I love that. So on fire, one team on fire, Manchester City. Their last five games, one all five. Right. right. Number two, three, and four, and I, I would debate some of this uh, level of scheduling was West Ham, Wolves, and Arsenal. Okay. Uh, mainly because Wolves had Wolves and West Ham had lost last before Arsenal had. So right. like Arsenal had kind of gone on a little bit of a streak here. So in my opinion, Arsenal should be at, above those. But he has West Ham, Wolves. Honestly, it's probably toss-up hard to argue that. I'm surprised that you would defer to your favorite team. Uh, of course for, you would. For being but be- honestly, above all the let's, other ones. Let's look at it. Uh, I, think, I think I have a good point. Anyways, those three teams are red hot. Okay, yeah. so we got on fire, we got red hot. Then uh, the next three spots are tickled pink. So six, okay. five, six, seven, those spots, they're tickled pink to be there. Brighton, Spurs, and Liverpool. Yeah. That's probably fair. Yeah. Uh, Brighton, uh, Brighton for sure. I think Brighton, especially in the last match, I think you saw that they uh, – what they're capable of. Yeah. I, I, I can totally. And, and today, for sure, Tottenham getting the bump today. 
getting this win will be is, big for them. That's a huge. I, I mean, that's a huge bump. That, I mean, that, that's something that that's they. a big clubhouse kind of win. Not just like, I, I know this was a point in the NBC Sports studio. Danny Higginbotham and uh, yeah, I love and, he, and Tim he and Tim has Howard. So many good points. Yeah, Danny so they they talked about it just to say like already, like you know, if you're Tottenham, you're already trying to sort through things. You know that you have games in hand. So you know that you still have games to play more than than other clubs do. Right. So is it the end of the world if you lose today or if you draw today? You come back and draw? Like, that's a huge, like, already for them to come back and draw. When when Bergvine scored the first of those two goals, right. Conte was going crazy on the, of on the, si- on the sideline. Because, of course, for that, that's like we, we rescued it. Right. To then turn that into a win Holy. in extra, extra stoppage time is like... Not only did you squeak out the win, but now you still have all the games in hand, and you're fifth. You arguably, you're, you're, sc- they scored in the added time that they got from the first goal. Yeah. In, they, in extra time, right? I mean, if you score in the 90 plus 5 and then the 90 plus 7, yeah, you're scoring in that extra time after you scored the the second goal. So, hey, kudos to them. All right. Next group was the neutral. The neutral group, it's 8 through 13. That's Villa, Leicester, Southampton, Crystal Palace, Leeds, and Brentford. Villa, I would say, I think given their draw against Manchester United, you have to say that after this double game week, they, that, they that, might have bumped that up. The Coutinho, the Coutinho bump, the Dina bump, the but Ste- they're, they're, in so, a, they're in new manager bump. But they're at number eight. So who who you move? Are you bumping them past Liverpool, past Spurs, past Brighton? Probably not. I. They no, might just be I, right there at the yeah, top of I the just, neutral. I, yeah, for sure. Because of Brighton, because of Brighton's position in the table, I think you have to say that Brighton, Brighton should be they there. are in that range. Okay, but I think they are. De- but I think that Villa, as far as teams that could like, could really like skyrocket off of there. For like, sure. We can talk more because we, you know, we yeah. have the numbers about you know kind of the stuff to yep. talk about a little bit I, with Villa players, whatever. Let's going. blast through this. Bruised ego is the next category. Yep, Fourteen through sixteen. Chelsea, Man United, and Watford. Man United oh, ahead of Chelsea now after this result. I think you for saw. Sure. I think you saw it today. Uh, you could see. I, for, and I know it's Brentford. I know it's not. I mean, it's not a. And 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 you could actually. You might even move Man United maybe up into the neutral. Drop Brentford down one. Back into yeah into Bruce I, I mean, ego you don't, maybe you don't expect Brentford for sure. I don't think that anyone in Brentford was expecting. You know, I think you expected maybe a, a more fight. But Manchester United, it was at they, Brentford, and yeah. that's why. If it was at and, Trafford, and, and Manchester United looked terrible in the first half today, and then the second half they just come out and, yeah. and, and guns blazing, yeah, and Bruno basically changes the game for them. Last category, feeling blue, and this is the last four spots: Newcastle, Norwich, Burnley, and then in the final spot, perfectly so, Everton. Everton absolutely belongs at the bottom. Feeling blue, worst club mojo in the table. They sacked their manager. And oh yeah, it's awful. It is. They got bad things going on over there. Yeah, Newcastle, uh, Newcastle, and Watford and Norwich all feel like they have. They, they've made some positive movement. They they've gotten some results. I mean, the look at the. You see four losses in a row for Norwich, and then yeah. and then one little W there, and who's the W against? I yep. mean, you just I feel like they like just there's something at least to build on. Uh, for all of those teams, Everton just feels like absolutely gone. 
Brian, AFCON update. Any yep. major players coming back yet? I know that Ghana lost. Ghana, the Ghana loss was a big deal. But, like, Thomas Partey's coming back to Arsenal. Is he a major fantasy uh, issue? No. no but yeah, I'm glad no. he got out of there not being hurt. Okay? And so, and what he adds to the midfield, especially with the other fiasco that's going on, which, uh, and I can briefly mention this, it doesn't have, doesn't have anything to do with fantasy, but the fact that the FA is looking into an Arsenal player, which now we now know, they have not named it official, but other people have sleuthed their way into figuring mm-hmm. out who they're talking about. But um, the FA is looking into an Arsenal player for suspiciously getting a yellow card uh-huh. And on that same game, there were suspicious bets put down from a lot of people, I guess, or maybe a certain few people, on whether or not this person was going to get a yellow card in the match or not. Turns out that player is Xhaka in the Leeds game, Brian. Okay. And Arsenal wins 4-1, okay? Arsenal gets a free kick a little bit inside their half around the 85th minute. Xhaka steps back to take the kick. Mm-hmm. As he does... He has multiple players he could pass it to. Looks like he's going to pass it. Then he backs everyone off and says, I'm going to pass it long. And then, he, and then a few other players run close, and he delays so long. Again, Arsenal's up 4-1 to one at Leeds. There is no need to delay this game yeah. at all. It's not like this is a one-goal game where it's even remotely worth taking a yellow there. Right. But he delays so long. The game is over for, match for referee, all intents and purposes. The game is over. Yeah. Match referee comes up and gives him a yellow card. And yeah. it was just for delaying taking the kick when you're up 4-1. So FA's looking into it like, hey, what's this about? The only precedent, Brian, and people on Twitter are smart, and they look this stuff up, and this is where I got it from. The only precedent that, that, that I know of that I saw was that uh, this happened to someone similar, in a similar fashion, uh, in a game in either League 1 or League 2, and they were banned for six years. And that this this I don't know the date and time. So it is very possible if if the FA looks into this and they feel like Xhaka was um, under reproach here. Mm-hmm. If I said that correctly, um, above no. reproach. If you can be above, yeah. can you be yeah. under? So he was under under reproach. Yeah, and I know that's not even a term, but I like it. Yes, yeah, smothered beneath reproach. Smothered beneath. Yeah, I think is what they normally say. Then. He could very possibly be banned up six years. Not hurt my feelings at all. It would make Arsenal's out of yeah. Xhaka very easy as he continues. And then there might be, be a issue. there might be a, like as a similar to like a victory parade for Partey coming back from absolutely Ghana, from, he, the, uh, yeah. from Afcon. Absolutely. Any other Afcon guys? It was a really good second Arsenal moment. Uh, Thank you. In the, okay. in the podcast. <laughs> sure. uh, no, just for sure. I mean, Partey. You you want Partey in your team for sure. He, may, I think. he makes other people better. Um, Jordan Ayew coming back for Crystal Palace. That that he hasn't been in fantasy. That, but not an asset. But it helps them for sure. Just as a, I think overall, okay. just gives them another another guy. Daniel Wait. Amardi coming back from Leicester for Leicester is a big one. I think they be they need. That's your guy this year. Well, right? they need him. You still own him. I do still own him. Okay. Well, because he's three point eight. Yeah. Okay. And so there was no there, and there is no there's no pressing reason to okay. move him on. That's it. I mean, that's okay. those that's your assets. And so I mean, uh, even a Marty as I think just in in terms of a guy now that's coming back, Lester desperate for healthy uh, anyone healthy to be available for selection, especially defenders. But there's yeah, the Afcon update is the players who are coming back are of 
absolutely minimal okay. fantasy relevance. Salah's not coming back yet. Mane's not coming back yet. No, and it it doesn't look like. Uh, I mean, right now as it stands, you know, Egypt, uh, e- Egypt's in no danger of missing the okay. the next round. All right. So there there is no danger. It will be Nigeria and Egypt moving on from their group. So uh, it looks like you're probably about the normal timeline what we talked about and what everyone else has talked about for Salah uh, coming back for uh, for Liverpool. In a segment we like to call, Do You Care? Okay, uh, yeah, sure. Do you care at all? Uh, Dave, one of the biggest uh, winners of this entire week is Bruno Fernandez. Now, I would like to say, the reason why I want to start with him is just to say, one, again, congrats to everyone who selected him yep. at all. And by uh, the way, in his numbers in this game match week, 14 and a 9. Yeah, Holy just crap. an unbelievable match week for Bruno Fernandez. Um, I would like to ask you, Dave, really quick on a quiz. What do you think uh, Bruno Fernandez, his current, unless you're looking at it right now, what his current ownership is? I do have his page up. I'm not looking at his ownership. I'm further down. Scroll down. Yeah. Bruno Fernandez's ownership. Man, uh, yeah, I'd say it's uh, 24%. Wow, you guessed really high. I thought you would guess less. It's 18.2%. Oh, wow. Okay. So, I personally, I, given his form this season, I never would have guessed. You wouldn't have thought it would have been that high. I don't think. I, I he's don't also know. 11 point. He's, he's, I know he's, he's as ex- expensive as Monet. Which is the reason why, just because he's so expensive, I don't think I would have put him over 10. Uh, other than to say that people, like, unless it's just like Scott saying no one's playing anymore, and it's just a bunch of dead teams that have him. Either way, he's at eighteen percent. You know, gets a huge, you know, who a huge like we said, huge week this week. I don't know if it would have happened if Ronaldo had played the first match. Interesting. That is interesting. So and the, and this pod and I think Scott led the way with this, saying he doesn't think. Well, it seems like, and I, I can't remember who said it. And so if you said it and I'm stealing it and giving it, Scott, my apologies. But Bruno's numbers are noticeably down this year. And the difference is Ronaldo's there. That is a that is quantifiable now. For sure. This is not just a, uh, you can see it, it's like an eye test and a feeling kind of thing. You know, today, Bruno probably deserved an assist. I think Bruno passed the ball to Ronaldo. Ronaldo hit the post with a header. So Ronaldo was a, a, a I think he, he was a crossbar away okay. from getting a return for people. I'm sure that's not great to relive this for anyone who had him, uh, if you saw that. But either way, Bruno gets two assists. Okay. You know, the one, one of them is, you know, a breakaway at the end where he just slots it over to Mason Greenwood, who, you know, who put the ball away comfortably. Ronaldo's also off the pitch at that point. Right. Okay. I almost joked with League Drew earlier today was would just to say I assume Bruno's not going to get anything with Ronaldo back. He's going to go back to his usual position of being their most for, their farthest forward center back. Mm. He uh, today, you know, he gets the assists. Like the the one thing we did say about him last week when we talked about him is that he's still the most creative player on the season. For sure, he has created the most chances of anybody. Uh, of all players over the course of the season. He just hasn't gotten their returns. A lot of that has to do with Manchester United stakes. They just have not been able to figure it out. Quantifiably, though, Bruno Fernandez, this is courtesy of an article this week. Of, you can find it on planetfootball.com. With 
Cristiano Ronaldo on the pitch with Bruno Fernandez. Bruno Fernandez has two goals, seven assists, okay, zero penalties. So all like we already we knew that was going to be an issue. Bruno's not taking the penalties whenever Bruno's there. Two goals and seven assists. That's not that's not horrible. Right. It's just not eleven point five million pounds value. Right. It's a goal every seven hundred and thirty five minutes. Gigs. Yes. 163.3 minutes per goal. Wow. Okay. When Bruno's not there, five goals, one assist. You when Ronaldo's not there? When Ronaldo is not on the pitch with Bruno, gotcha. Bruno Fernandez, five goals, one assist, a goal every 118 minutes. Oh, wow. 98.3 minutes That's per absolutely goal. quantifiable. Yes. Ronaldo coming back today. It's an injured Ronaldo, obviously. At least they didn't want to risk him. Okay. Ragnick didn't want to. Right. Ragnick didn't want to miss R- him. Ragnick. 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 Didn't want to risk him. He was dejected on the, on the bench whenever he went back. Uh, he had a nice manager moment with him, though, after okay. uh, Marcus Rashford scored his goal. Almost nice. as, it seemed like the way at least the match announcers were saying it, basically like this is what we – we kind of needed this. Yeah. We need Rashford. I needed – We needed Rashford to get a goal more than you. I needed a way. young guy to get a goal. Yeah. A guy who can't seem to figure out anything that he's doing right now. Wow, for sure. Anyway, all of that to say, Bruno Fernandez, is he too expensive? Yeah, he's 11.7. Do you see any... Although, I say that, Sadio Mane is 11.7, and they're now three points separate them in the fantasy table. Do you see any route to putting Bruno Fernandez in your team, barring a wild card usage or a free hit? No. I'm not I am not looking at him at all. I wish regardless if, of this this 14 and 9 might as well be if he backs it up with something else I'll have to consider it. I, they're, they're they're home to West Ham, but then honestly they their their next their the, upcoming schedule at is, Burnley, home is Southampton, amazing. at Leeds, home Watford. Yeah. Like what's not to like about that? It's, there's everything to like about it. And if you're going to have a a banged up Ronaldo here I think you know today he played he played over sixty. I think I'm pretty sure he got. Well, he okay. must have because he finished with two points, two uh, total points. Today. Okay, but he's one of your top. I mean, he's one of your top transfers in for the match week so far. I mean, he, I like one, two, three, four. He's fifth. Okay, Coutinho number one. That's no surprise. Jared Bowen, KDB, Jota, and then Bruno. So. Almost a hundred thousand managers who are still who are still playing have okay. decided to somehow find a way to put Bruno into their team. Right. Uh, what about you? Are you bringing him in or no? Well, no. I'm honestly, I'm really curious to see if the guys who free hit him this if, week, if they go back to him. Yeah, if you, if they end up permanently in their team somehow, because what's your what's your way in? I mean, you already like Salah, but I mean, what are you gonna? Own? That's what I'm saying. Salah and Son. So those are the two guys that have already. They're already probably out of most teams. It just seems like that's the. It just seems like those are the obvious choices. If you haven't sold Salah or Son, who are you going to? Bruno Fernandez, or are you going to? I could do as you. I could. I could right now move because I have a lot of money just sitting there in my bank. Yeah. For whatever reason, I could go Jota to Bruno if I wanted to. Yeah. I don't know if that's a move. Maybe. It doesn't seem like a crazy move given the schedule. Would you rather have? I mean, would you rather have the matches you just said upcoming, like West Ham and then four green matches for Bruno Fernandez? Or would you rather have no Mane, no Salah, 
uh, well, and have Jota for Crystal Palace, and then three matches after that that you might might. So have would I rather have Salah Bruno back against at that point? West Ham or Jota versus Palace? Yeah, that's pretty the much. question. Yeah, I don't know. I might have to wait again. Make wait to the last second to see which game's not postponed. Maybe. I again, great, great question. The next big uh, winner, I think you, I know your answer to this already. Jack Harrison somehow. Do I finished. care? This is do I yeah, care? Do you care? Do I care about Jack? Yeah. Harrison? Do you care about Jack Harrison? I like a hat, Jack Harrison. A, ha- a hat trick. Do I care about Jack Harrison? Yeah. Uh, I fantasy wise, I do not care about him. Not yet. You can't just show up with a hat trick and expect me to just bow down. Like now, I will say this: He scored nine the week before against Burnley. Yeah. So. So it's two two weeks of returns for Jack Harrison. My, my initial thought whenever I saw that he had a huge score this week was, but has he been playing? Because I know that was an issue. Whenever they brought Dan James in, the question right away was like, what happened? You know, is that going to impact? Who's that going to impact? And it seemed like the potential big loser was Jack Harrison. And then Patrick Bamford gets hurt. Then Rodrigo gets hurt. So they've been so Harrison's been playing. Uh, other than so since game week eight, there's three matches that Jack Harrison hasn't played a majority of minutes three times since game week eight. Find me another player who has not sat out once or twice since game week eight, or at least, you know, like not like the heavy hitters. I'm saying like you, you've probably got someone in your team who missed a match or two. And Jack Harrison has done the same kind of thing. And Jack Harrison is 5.5. So I'm not at all, I'm not this is not me I'd still if no, you were this picking is a, this is a really good point. I'm just saying like this is a guy who's very reasonable who has now gone this is back to back weeks. He's also not a flash in the pan. He finished in the top right. ten in fantasy score and midfield scoring, I think, last year. Yeah. I'm not crazy. Like everyone was on Rafinha, but Jack Harrison just quietly kind of right. kept churning away and pretty much had the same fantasy points as right. Rafinha last year. Jack it here's the thing, it's it's wicked hard. To score a hat trick in this league. Like, yeah. you can't just, like, I, I oftentimes say there's only, like, I don't know, seven, eight players in this league that have ever scored hat tricks yeah. in their lives. Okay? Yeah. You can now add Jack's Har- Jack Harrison to yeah, that. Yeah, and against who? Against West Ham. Yeah. At London Stadium. Yeah. That, like, that's that's real. That leads, leads beating West Ham was, that number one, it was a really fun game to watch. Yep. But secondly, that was a huge win for them. Yeah. Huge win. In fact, we had said in our notes, we're going to have a new segment, What the Leads. Yeah, we easily could. And Harrison Harrison is involved with that. Look, their next three game matches, home Newcastle, at Villa, at Everton. Yeah. None of those scare you. No, not at all. And, and all of them seem like they could be a lot of fun. Yeah, and Leeds we, continues to be the fun I, team. Yeah, and I don't know, like I know this is something that we had brought up before. You know, we just saying like, and this is this is not a this is not unique to this podcast, but just to say that Rafinha is a single digit guy, as good as he is. He for never whatever reason, two. yeah, for whatever reason, Rafinha never gets you. A, he never gets you a ten, but he's really good for eights and nines. Like he's just, and they, he did it in this match week. Where he gets, you know, he finishes with a six in a game where he got an assist and a bonus point. That's it for Rafinha. So, it he created seven chances this week. He created two big chances this week. It's most the most of any player for the game week, or was any, for anyone who played at once for sure. But Rafinha, one of the most creative players for sure this game week. He took three shots. You want him taking shots. 
it's just this seems to highlight in a way it feels like it kind of highlights the ceilings of these guys last season you're exactly right jack harrison finishes with more fantasy points than rafinha does comes on at the end of the season a massive end of the season for Jack Harrison, where he was the the Leeds player you wanted to have. Maybe I, this is the start of that. You just haven't seen it yet for Jack Harrison, but it's not because of it, rotation. It's not because he doesn't have a place. He if he's finding it, and they, if he's finding they form, need him nine against Burnley, a hat trick against West Ham. Yeah, and the next three matches look pretty good. And honestly, the, <clears throat> they play United and Spurs after that, but. The next like six match weeks after that are excellent. Yeah. So Jack Harrison at a five five, Brian, probably worth a look. Do I care? I don't know. I think I do care a little bit. The just a quick note too about Leeds. You know, just nothing official about Patrick Bamford. I I don't know necessarily who's still sitting there waiting and hoping that Patrick Bamford comes back. We know what a good option he can be. But Bielsa clarified a little bit to say that um, this past week, just that his creative players, what he's calling their creative players, the forward players, okay. need more time than, say, the defensive, the back assets. Okay. So Calvin Phillips and Pascal Stroik and those other guys, like the def- anybody who's playing in the back is not, he doesn't see them as needing as much time for recovery and to get back to what he, I think he used the word virtues to show their virtues oh, on the pitch. Very virtues. Compared to the Bamfords and Rodrigo's who, when they're hurt, he's going, he basically, it sounds like he's just saying, I need to see it. I need to see it in practice first hmm. before those guys are going to get back in significant minutes. Okay. So it just doesn't seem like that. Like there is no, all of that to say, like, this seems to be the leads that you're going to be playing with until you see images of Patrick Bamford in training. Okay. All right. Very good. The obvious uh, transfer target for everybody this week, Philippe Coutinho. Uh, getting, he's, he might be over 5% by now. He was getting closer to 5% We referenced last time him. I his price was not yeah. out on our last pod. It yeah. is now absolutely out. And we discussed, you said to me, what price, at what price yeah. point do you think he's going to come in at? And I was like, honestly, 8-5. I think he's going to be in the weird spot. But if he's anything lower than that, he's probably worth considering. Brian, where right. did he come in at? He came in at 7. And wow. we, I texted that, you know, right away, you know, just to, you know, just to throw it out there, just to say, is this something you would even think of? 7 seems, I don't know, it seems wrong. He comes in at, at 22 minutes. Yeah, gets did, a goal. Did more work in 22 minutes than most people did in their whole game. Uh, both shots on both of his shots on target. Finishes with a big chance. Touched the ball in the box three times in 22 minutes against Manchester United. So a a, a match where you would say typically maybe not as much of the ball, maybe not as much time to be able to get to accomplish a lot, and he comes in and blows it up. Is he in your team already? No, but oh man, I'm trying to figure out how. Like, is he is he the top midfielder I want to bring in this week? Um, maybe I don't know. I'm looking at like current my current midfield is Salah, Jota, Ward, Prowse, Bowen, and Saka. Bowen's not going anywhere. Salah's not going anywhere. Right. Salah is you have Salah still got Salah in your team, and you are saying you're not getting rid of him. I'm not going to take a minus four to get rid of him, and I feel like and who knows? Maybe that bites me in the butt. I just don't – I feel like I don't want to spend that money 
somewhere else. But I don't know. Who knows? Maybe I look down and I'm like, well, you know what? Screw it. I'll just bring Bruno in for this week because I know Salah's not going to be playing. But he will be playing the next match week after this, right? So Probably, it, right. Um, based on, based on uh, percentage selected. Okay. Real quick. Anyways, it's Saka. So Saka, Salah, Jota, Ward-Prowse, Bowen. Coutinho would need to take the place of one of those. In a, in a real season where you weren't committed to one guy, uh, James Ward-Prowse he wouldn't would be already and be yet, gone. He'd be there, and then I could bring Coutinho in. Although, we'll get into that more in a second. <laughs> but just to say, like, your, your midfield, you have a lot of the high ownership guys. So Mo Salah, Jota, Jared Bowen, those are your top three. After that, I don't know how much I buy this currently, for, but Bernardo Silva is the fourth most selected. Okay. Mason Mount, I guess I can see that. Bruno at eight point eighteen point two is the sixth most selected right. on owner like by, by selection percentage of in the midfield, and then Emil Smith Rowe. I'm just looking through this list of people and just thinking like, if you so if, if you're you if you're committed those, to Salah and you're going to hang would on you to rather. Him, Right, Jota's going to be in there. You're probably not dumping Jared Bowen for anybody right no, now. No, Jared no Bowen, one should dump Jared Bowen for anyone. I, I, as I long weeks ago declared this the, the new Jared Bowen podcast. I think we are bo- both surprised to see that Jared Bowen, given the way he's performed this season, that he's only the third most owned midfielder. And it's crazy. Total. It should at minimum his, be second. That his even if it's overall and even if it's com- comprehensive in all the eight million teams or whatever. 26.8% seems extremely low for Jared. My Bowen. best call by far all season. I was out on Bowen before anyone else. This guy right here. Just yeah. saying. Just saying. After that, though, I'm lo- like looking down through the rest. You would gladly, if you are holding on to Bernardo Silva right now for whatever reason, Bernardo He's Silva. He's got to be super disappointing. Every time City has a massive game, Bernardo has none of it. So, Bernard- yeah. Bernardo Silva to Philippe Coutinho seems like you would do that. In a second, it just has to be like your fourth, be- your fourth favorite midfielder. Mason Mount. I mean, are you selling Mason Mount for Philippe Coutinho? Maybe because Mount's minutes have been funky. Mount, and Mount, I don't like Chelsea Mojo. I love Villa's Mojo. Mount plays nine minutes against Manchester City, which I don't know that anyone expected that. Didn't you say? If I believe you said that yesterday. Yeah, that was a, Tuchel, a, Tuchel, Tuchel says it was tactical. Said it was tactical that that he wanted uh, Pulisic and uh, Ziyech. There for reasons. He didn't okay. necessarily get into his tactics, but he said nothing wrong with Mount. There's no problem. It was just tactical. You just see a you see a stream of nineties coming out of Mason Mount's uh, his schedule, and then you get to Manchester City and you get nine. Yeah, seems yeah. odd. Uh, and then he comes back to play ninety minutes and do nothing against Brighton. Um, but so that's what I'm saying. Like uh, Bruno Fernandez, we just talked about. I, that seems like you're probably deciding about your uh, your heavy hitters whether you have Bruno or not. Right. Emil Smith Rowe, if you have the money he's to go from He's a spot filler, right? Uh, so, he, he, so, he's a budget guy that people are using to and he's an enabler. Well, what I'm saying is if you're if one of your five midfielders is one of the Arsenal midfielders. If you have Saka, Odegaard, Emil Smith Rowe and you can go to Coutinho, are you doing that? Well, I saw okay, so you're speaking yeah, to me. Yeah, I yes, I am. And and I have I own Saka currently. Saka's coming off of a 5-6-7-16-6. Yep. Saka is one of the top four midfielders. He's one like we we are I for for sure as and I would might throw Martinelli in there just even though the money the discrepancy's pretty gigantic. For sure. What I'm saying is like if you have one of those guys, 
I feel like we've we've said for a while now, having any of them isn't bad. I think owning Emil Smith Rowe at this point, if you're gonna pick one to get rid of, it would be him. I agree. But if the question though, if you Odegaard's the, coming off of a eight three seven, oh my gosh, go back week week fourteen seven seven eight three seven nine two two against yeah. City, right? So. Odegaard still crushing, even right. if you own him. Odegaard's been fantastic. Martinelli's had a. I mean, we already said Martinelli should have had more against Manchester City himself. Yeah. Are you making that move? Saka to continue. I'm, well, so I'm sitting here considering that. He, Saka's. They, they say he's got a knock. He's got a yellow triangle. I don't believe that. Yeah, I'm sure he's fine. I honestly fatigue. Come on. I, I think he's fine. They have him on there as fatigue. So I just I, I like Arsenal's mojo, and I like. No, I'm not doing it yet. But Coutinho is absolutely on the radar. I mean, I could even consider moving Jota for Coutinho very possibly. So, I, I like, don't. I to me, if you are already making a couple of weeks away to make a move to go from someone to back to Salah, say you've gotten rid of him, if you can, if you know that move is still, it, it, you can you can do that. You are saving 1.4 going as the price currently stands, depending on what you have invested in Jota. It's a 1.4 pound difference from Jota to Coutinho. You know what's not? This is why we're, I think I'm kind of high, as are you on Coutinho. And and you got me thinking about this. Coutinho and Steven Gerrard were teammates, they know each other at Villa. Okay. And Coutinho trusts Gerrard. Gerard knows how Coutinho plays. He's going to put him in positions to make him the best player that he can be for Villa. There's yeah. no, there's no not, there's not, there's not a newness with them. It is a comfortable, warm feeling. It is putting on one of your favorite jackets when it's cold outside right. and feeling comfortable when you walk out the door. Okay, and so that's going to make Coutinho, and that's probably why we saw him. He already got a scoring return. Yeah. Coutinho comes into a team that he's brand new to, and what does he do? He scores. He's back in the Premier League, yeah. a league that he knows, a league that he had success in last time he was here, playing for a manager he used to be teammates with, Yeah. and now, and a manager who knows him, who's going to support him, wanted him there, called him up on the phone and said, Philippe, I need you. Come here, please. Okay, yeah. this is a growing club. We're doing cool things here. I want you a part of it. I want you to be the veteran leadership to take us to that next level. Because Philippe Coutinho comes over, scores in his first match, subs on, because that's what everyone does. You never start. You always sub in. He probably starts next match. And guess where they're playing, Brian? They're playing home. They're playing at Everton. Yeah. Everton Club Mojo. Yeah, Four. you have a collision right now of one of the, like. The a, worst. A, the, the worst, easily the worst Club Mojo, maybe Maybe Duncan Ferguson, Duncan Ferguson can, I don't know, can leach some kind of feeling, he did okay feeling last out of time. them. Sure, he did okay. They have, you know, they have the players back. For I don't sure. think it's changing overnight. You don't change this no, type of club mojo overnight, right? And you have worst club mojo colliding with a team that is feeling it. Absolutely, they're and, feeling good right and now. And then Villa's got so they're at Everton, then home Leeds at Newcastle, home Watford, then at Brighton, home Southampton. Yeah, this is a, Villa's that, upcoming schedule. Yeah, that run is ridiculous. Like Coutinho's price, my prediction will be on the rise. So seven zero, it's going to be the lowest you can get him. Yeah, and he is going to be a factor absolutely for Villa moving forward. 
yeah, barring I, injury, of I, course. Yeah, and I, like I, as somebody who owns, like I could, I could speak to myself next because, uh, uh, in terms of ownership, James Madison, who got a return today, you know, like uh, he bails everybody out. Anybody who went uh, after him for the double match week gets bailed out because he scores a goal. Probably could have he he had another really good chance today, but against a Leicester, you know, a Leicester t- for a Leicester team that is that's tired. They just are. I just I I'm not as enthused now. That what you just read off compared to the Leicester schedule, like home against Brighton, okay. Brighton's been playing. Uh, Brighton well. is playing well. They are for sure. Like that's not a pushover team. Thankfully, it's a gray matchup on the color coded rating system for okay. the fantasy Premier League. Okay. After that, Leicester have to play at Anfield, so they're away to Liverpool after the international break. Right. Then they play West Ham at home. Then they're at Wolves, no pushover. Wolves and then been, Wolves high on the mojo chart for sure. And then no match currently scheduled in game week twenty seven. So the next point. four so, weeks for Leicester City are they are gray to red. Right. So and I will say this. So I was talking about Saka a minute ago. Saka had no match week and get match week twenty five and twenty seven already rescheduled. Yeah. So Saka's playing Burnley and Wolves, and then. And then he's gone, gone a week. Then he plays home Brentford, gone a week. Like, I don't, I don't know if I want to keep him through that, especially when I could play a Coutinho who is going to play. He's going to probably knock on wood again because we don't know. My sources aren't that good. Uh-huh. I'm guessing he's going to start this next match. If he doesn't, then honestly, he came in and subbed in this last match and did pretty well. I think he probably starts this next match, don't you? Yeah, I would imagine so. So. Man, you, I, I think I've. Well, I guess what I'm saying is, like, out of the, I mean, just if you go through the list of current selection people, if you haven't moved Son or Salah on, and I, like to to me, I, like I uh, late riser, who's you know he's out there, you know we've referenced him a very time smart on this podcast. He uh, he has said, you know, and we've talked about this a ton. Do you want that much money on your bench? You know, do you want for Salah or Sun owners? Do you want that much money on the bench? I get it. It's a little bit different with Salah because you kind of know the times, the time frame, or at least you have an idea of the time frame. You're right. not getting rid of him forever. Right. You're, you you ba- basically think that you're getting you're saving him for two blanks. So if you can manage through that, I that's understandable. Sun, where there's no timetable, you have no idea about the injury. That seems a little bit less. Uh, it feels like a kind of an international break kind of thing, okay. which is basically what Salah. I mean, that's basically what you're getting with Salah. What I'm saying is yeah. you have to go pretty far. You have to go only a few names down the list in terms of key midfield assets. You don't have to go far before you're saying, yeah, I'll, I I would swap him for Coutinho. Okay, perfect. I, I, what I'm, so I'm just saying like, Salah, son, whatever. You're not getting rid of Bowen. I think the Jota. I honestly, I do not. I would not see it at all. If you love the rest of your midfield and it's a decision between Jota and Coutinho, I don't fault you at all for making for sending Jota out right. to bring in Coutinho. Right. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that crazy. While we're on Villa, let's quickly buzz through this. Jacob Ramsey, four six, kids on fire. Yeah, Brian, he's a midfielder. Some people are. Some people are probably like, who? Yeah. I get it. Jacob Ramsey, uh, yeah. we're going to start hearing more about this kid. He's second currently on the Villa midfielders. Yeah. He's a 4-6, and his last four match weeks, 
10, 2, 1, 12. Yeah, since game week 15, uh, 29 points. It's the most of any midfielder less than 6 pounds. Yeah. So uh, the uh, com- Probably competition, I guess, a little bit between him and Anthony Gordon from Everton in terms of points for best cheap midfielder option. If you really want to go to somebody really cheap, you could go to Anthony Gordon at Everton. You Also, if you want to be an insane idiot, you could do that. Um, right. Did you know that Billy Gilmore from Norwich is four point three as a midfielder? Wow! No, I know he's got. A, is I he think he's a, points. No, he's got a red triangle right I've now, but, but four point three. That is interesting. no, but for sure, Jacob Ramsey should. I think he's he's uh, he, he's probably a little bit better than Smith Rowe as a budget midfielder. Yeah, you want to you want to throw somebody out there given the way things are going for Villa? Yeah, Jacob Ramsey. Jacob Ramsey and Aylor for Villa, real quick, and and let's move on. Does Coutinho affect uh, Ollie Watkins? Because th- this is relevant. Watkins, uh, in my opinion, has struggled this season. Yes, he's had a few good matches. But compared to last season, I feel like he's cooled off a little bit. There's also rumors that other clubs might be coming to Yeah, lots of people. Ma- January yeah, transfer he, window. That contributed, possibly, to some of his form slouching. It pro- I, I can't imagine it helps. Um, he was very... Gerard has to be in his ear. Well, he was very good against Manchester United, just didn't get a return. Right. I mean, he's really active in the box. He took the second most shots of any forward player this week. Maybe less than Kane. I think probably Kane might have passed him today. But either way, he took all four of his shots in the box, and he touched the ball in the box as much as any other forward did. So I, I, I think the question for everybody is, do you want to triple up on Aston Villa, given what we just read off here a little bit right. ago. Right. Everton leads much. Newcastle, Watford, Brighton, Southampton. Oh, maybe do not. You, do you want to triple up on these guys? It might not be. Like, a... Luca Dina comes in. It might take him a minute, but how does that schedule not boost him? Don't forget that Matty Cash is still out there. He created six chances in the last five weeks, which is fourth best for defenders. Like, Matty Cash has been a really solid player. His price has gone up this, you know, this he's gone up to 5.1, so enough people have brought him in to give him a little bit of a price rise. Yeah. Uh, the point is like you have assets here like it seems like Coutinho is the priority. If you had to pick just one Villa player, you're probably picking Coutinho. But lots of people have picked Ollie Watkins. He's over 10%. I mean, yeah. he's 13 13% selected, which is which so is decent. Do you think that Coutinho can probably only help Watkins, right? We, he's not I can't hurt. imagine Coutinho he, being there. He's not going to Ronaldo Bruno him. Right. right? I don't see does Coutinho help Buendia? Does Coutinho help all of these guys? Like that just feels like this kind of like having somebody that's that kind of that that's such a different, like such a difference maker that is a, a that is a known asset. It won't surprise me if in three weeks we're discussing, uh, like we were for a little while and still are, Martinelli, Odegaard, and Saka, yeah. and saying Coutinho, Buendia, and maybe Jacob Ramsey, right? Like or Watkins. Add, you can add Watkins in there. It, I just wonder. I just wonder if yeah. because both clubs have their midfielders in in lower ranges, yeah. right? Anywhere from five to seven. Yeah. And guys who are scoring and producing. So, all right. I, I just, and then comprehensively, you know what a difference it makes whenever your offense can take the pressure off of the defense. For sure. Like, Emiliano Martinez has not been fantastic. Like, he's not been last season Emiliano Martinez this season. So, they didn't change much else. Right. Like, everything else is pretty, pretty similar. But now you've got all of a sudden you've got this like, I just it just feels so much different. 
as things stand, and they're about to head into a dreams dream run. Brian, do you care about Andy Robertson outscoring Trent Alexander Arnold again? Man, that's such a weird thing. I know it was twelve points to ten, but still. And I know it was against Brentford, how but many, still. How many match weeks? Since game week 13, David. On a per 90-minute basis, I'm going to use that because Andy missed a couple. Robertson missed a couple of those red card matches. Andy Robertson has averaged eight points per match. Per eight points per 90. Trent, seven. So this is a really interesting point. So, so Andy, Robertson Trent, has, Andy Robertson has created the same number of chances per 90 minutes as Trent Alexander-Arnold in that since game week 13. Is, this is what's weird. So on the season, Alexander-Arnold, 142 points. Yeah. Robertson, 81. Yeah. The, the point discrepancy is big. And yeah, even in this, even in this time frame. Their price point is right. big at this moment. Now, I got Alexander-Arnold for 7.9. His actual price is eight point four. Right. I'm not. I'm. I guess I just to be maybe say right at the top. I'm not advocating an either or here. I'm just saying it feels like everyone has defaulted when it's because of Joda's attacking threat. Joda Trent Salah has been the kind of the template Liverpool triple up, and I'm just saying like. You know and what? Andy Robertson this is really interesting. Andy Robertson has he averages more shots in the box than Trent. He's created more big chances than Trent. He has more touches in the box than Trent since game week 13. Like this is Andy Robertson coming on. This is not it this isn't like the last two or three matches. This is 9 weeks now. Wow. Of of yeah. performance from Andy Robertson. Okay. And it would be different if you were like, is Samikas better than Trent Alexander-Arnold? No, like, it's not that. Maybe the Samikas thing, like, maybe that's what Andy Robertson needed at yeah. some point. I'm just saying, okay. like... No, no, this is a really good point. I'm saying because... the, the numbers, the numbers for, for the last nine weeks right. for Andy Robertson, he has simply been better per match played. And you'd say for sure... Did he get a deserved red card against Tottenham? He even admitted it was a deserved red card. Right. Could that match have been a ton different if Harry Kane gets a red card early For compared sure. to him having to get a late red card? Yeah, we might not be talking about him. You might be talking about not on a per 90-minute basis. You might be talking about him in actual minutes played right. and matches played. I'm just saying, like, it just, I, I to me... I, I'm sure spending, you know, now uh, what fifteen point three on two defenders, it seems like an insanity. But I had three, uh, I had three almost six pound Chelsea defenders at one point. I know right. that, right? Which wasn't crazy given the given the Ben Chilwell, Antonio Rudiger, Reese James performance there for a while. Right. There was nothing crazy about that. I'm just saying Andy Robertson has been outstanding. I just would like to be very clear that Andy Robertson was good again this well, week. Let's let's say this. I could take a negative four. Yeah. Okay. And, and other people might have players similar to this. I could take Jota, turn him into Philippe Coutinho, but and then as I'm getting rid of a Liverpool player, bring in Robertson, and I have um, Sanchez, Davidson Sanchez, and or Sufal yeah. that I, that I can now bring in. 
Robertson for. The money equally changes hands there, and Coutinho with his schedule, yeah. Jota not as not as has not been as powerful without uh, Salah and Mane around. And I don't know. Like, is my team better? I think my team gets better there. Yeah, I I just think right now, assuming most people or um, assuming that a lot of people have moved Sun and Salah on. I think it's. I think we're acknowledging the wise move is to save that money enough to be able to get Salah back whenever you know he's coming back. However, I'm just saying that if your money can sustain it, having Trent Alexander-Arnold and and Andy Robertson as two of your three right. Liverpool assets, yeah. I just don't see that as I, you know. This is similar to the Salah and Mane double up at some point. Okay, it's not crazy. We're we're getting long in the tooth here, so let's yeah. let's blast through a few more things. Ryan, City going on a crazy crazy run. Yeah, KDB, Cancelo, Foden, are those the guys you want with City right now? Yeah, I have uh, I have those exact three. I have Cancelo, KDB, and Foden okay. in my. I, that was I said this week. You know, we talked about it. I think last time, or maybe when Scott was here before, okay. I tried to make the case for Raheem Sterling, and I failed to talk myself into Raheem Sterling <laughs> <laughs> as much as I okay. as much as I uh, as much as I gave myself the stats uh, to back it up. Eventually, I went with the guy who had the volume, and KDB's got the volume okay. right now, which All is right. which is crazy. Phil Foden. Doesn't get a return this week, but I don't. I don't see him as a bad option. Phil Foden or Philip Philippe Coutinho or Jota. Like, how how would you rank those one, two, three? One being you'd rather have. I would put them. Man, recency bias is going to push Coutinho to the top of the list for me. Wow, I might go Coutinho, Foden, Jota. Wow. Okay. But I'm 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 saying that as somebody who I have Jota. I don't feel any pressing need to kick him out of the team. For sure, right. I, I, I have right, no, I he, He's not an urgency transfer for me. Uh, I And saying that I have Foden, if I had to pick one right now, I, I feel like I would want to prioritize Phil Foden just on his... It's it's so hard. They these you know the ceiling for all three of those guys is is a million. I know, I know. The ceiling for, like is so high for questions. all three. It's not it's not a it's not a bad choice. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit on the fence all on right, that one. Fair enough. Real all right. Let's move on again. Newcastle, new look. Newcastle. Yeah. Trippier comes in. Chris Wood now, Newcastle player. Saint Maxima only seems to magnify his position. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just wondering, like, what are we to make of this? This new Chris Wood and do, does this now make Chris Wood in a year where in a fantasy year where strikers is kind of wishy washy sorta of, where where does that put Chris Wood now in the on the wish list like is that like do you know Dennis fantasy scores so far Antonio number one Dennis number two Ronaldo three Saint Maxime number four which is Barty five and then Malpe. Malpe is six. All I that know. being said, Saint Maximan back to back weeks with a goal. Um, nothing to me t- says it's it's. I feel like the most telling thing of all that Saint Maximan is your number one forward transfer in by almost fifty thousand transfers. Wow! For the game week, and Chris Wood barely cracks the top thirty of transfers in. I think the difference for me would be. If you want the differential, Chris Wood is the differential. Like that's 
that's pretty obvious. Yeah, but the ownership for same XMA is eleven. It's not. It's, it's not cr- right. It's not crazy high. I I think the the big thing for me would be Chris Wood is a ninety minute guy. Saint Maximan is a potential second half sub. He hasn't been playing that way. When he's healthy, he's so crucial to what they do. So you know they're going to get him out there. And if he's healthy, 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 he's going to play a lot. Okay. It's just that Chris Wood's game does isn't nearly as demanding for sure as Saint Maximan's. And Saint Maximan has thankfully for anyone who has him. He's avoided injury a lot so far this season. So, would you rather have him or Ollie Watkins? I well, hold on, real quick. Would you rather have you're not owning two Newcastle forwards? No, you're absolutely not. Or Chris Wood. I feel like the ASM. All all the powers behind Saint Max. ASM. Okay. Now, uh, ASM or Ollie Watkins? Um, Given the. Upcoming fixtures, I still would take Watkins, but I, I do not hate the move to Saint Maximus. ASM or Antonio? That's a different one. That a big. I feel like that's a big question for everybody this week because Antonio got you something. Like Antonio gets an assist. Antonio's last five games: five, five, seven, two, four. He's doing a Rafinha. Yeah, and he's not – I think the feeling for everybody that's like as far as eye test goes for Antonio, not that he isn't in the mood because he's always in the mood. It just it just doesn't – he just doesn't seem to have the same – like it's not the same kind of like, I don't know, dynamism as he yeah. had at the beginning of the season where he seems content to be uh, – like maybe get a goal. You know what I mean? It's just – and I, I know he's – I'm not putting that on him. I'm not saying like he's just not trying hard enough. Right. But it just doesn't feel that way. And, like, even in this match week, he would have gotten the assist on the Bowen header that should have tied the match. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, you are – you are if if Bowen heads the ball instead of chests it, it's two assists for Antonio. You're talking about, you know, a, a seven maybe bonus points at that point because right. that's, that's, more, that's more in the bonus point system. Maybe you're talking about a bigger return right. for Antonio in that match. I just think it's it's Manchester United next. After that, you love the West Ham schedule. Watford, Leicester, Newcastle. The three weeks, out, you know, once you come back from the international break. Like, right. And this Manchester United team, like, this isn't a tight Manchester United. Like, look at David De Gea screaming that they gave, they gave up a goal to Brentford today. Like, all they got to do is hold on for a few more minutes, and they can't even keep a clean sheet against Brentford. Right. So I, I just I'm not it's I they are not Manchester, why are they still red on the matchup right? Great question. They absolutely should not be. Um all of that to say I feel like you have a real decision with Antonio. I, that to me is the guy if you if you're if i I would not be surprised at all to see uh transfers out that Mikhail Antonio is yeah, he's third most transferred out for four. Dennis, are you moving on Dennis? I feel like he can score on anybody. It's two weeks he has not given you anything, but I mean, before that, he, he's for the most part. He and Antonio have been flip flopping, top scoring four. It's just that he's so cheap. I I'm not going any. I'm not going to do anything about. I like I had Josh King. I do not have Josh King anymore. Having you know, you're if you have Watford forwards, it's because you were having them for the what was hopefully a really good double match week, and then 
this coming. They, they play. Well, I was gonna say they uh, play Norwich. They play Norwich Friday, which we need to say that right now. Right. It's Friday, a Friday match. match. Yeah. Like, but, but, it's a relegation six pointer. I mean, this is like, this is <laughs> a, a do or die match for both of these teams. So, which is going to happen? Is it going to be real tight because they don't like neither team can screw this up? Like it, I don't know. I just wouldn't. I don't know that I would expect it to be like mm. wide open. Like, oh, they're both terrible defensively. You know, defensively they're both horrible teams. It's just like, no, they both need. Neither of them can afford to lose this. I feel match. like Watford's significantly better than Norwich, but maybe that's just me smoking a peace pipe. I don't know. Yeah, like, I don't know. It's a that's a tough call. I'm I'm not like rushing to get either of those guys. I understand why, based on the fixture, why you right. would be going okay. to have those guys. Also, like to me, like my third striker is Broya from oh, Southampton. Wow. Okay. So, like, are you still you still feeling good about that? Well, no, I, it's he's five point two. Okay. So my only other option is to like to get him to somebody who's the, you know, to go to Keenan Davis. You okay. know what I mean? Like, they're the only the only thing is to go to a four point five or less striker and Broya to me has been he did score eight points no he's been fantastic no he has so been fantastic like, like he's yeah, a, he, 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 he's been good especially for that price point yeah so the question is whether or not I keep Antonio yeah all right very good all right anything else let's let's we're right at that point where we can wrap, wrap this thing up put a bow um, on it no I don't think so I there's, I mean, unless you want to talk about Alexis McAllister. I mean, it's it really I is. I did. It's, I think I talked, did I talk off camera when we were planning this the other day? I think yeah, I did maybe. said his name. Alex McAllister for Brighton is just interesting and curiously kind of climbing up the interest chart. And I know we threw a lot of players out, low-cost players. McAllister would fit into that category. He's a 5'3". He scored 57 points on the season. And his numbers are a little bit quieter, but his minutes have gone significantly up in the last six match weeks. And in the, in the last three, it's 15, 3, and 6. Yeah. Like, he, uh, I can tell you this. So he's had a run of starts since game week 19. Okay. So game week 19 was when he has come back in and played significant minutes for Brighton. Since then, only Jared Bowen among midfielders has had more shots than him. Wow. Okay, that, real, taken, that, does, that puts Bowen it in Bowen has taken 14 shots. Alexis McAllister has taken 13. Okay. So he has the second most shots on target since game week 19. The problems with him is that he doesn't shoot in the box very much. So he's only taken four of those 13 shots in the box. Okay. Uh, someone called Placetta from Norwich also has taken four oh, shots. Okay. <laughs> Another problem is that he's only had one big chance. Okay. So, like this week, he gets you the assist. Like, he's he had a run like this at like maybe towards the end of last season too. Did he? Yeah, he was in there for a little bit. I know we talked about him because just he did the same thing where he had some volume over the course okay. of some weeks. It's a little bit different because it seems like he, it seems like this role for him fit suits him, and yeah. they know that. Yeah. So he's playing like I don't know if Danny Welbeck being healthy again might. No, for what for one game? Danny Wilbeck will come back for one game. He just the like he's shooting a lot. He's just not in the box probably enough. I think you would rather have. You really wanted to take a chance. You you're going to Jacob Ramsey. Okay, you're going you're going you're going lower or like I think Martinelli is still five point four. I think you're right. 
I think you're going you to you're, you're going to one of those guys. It's just that right now, like you did get a return this week. Alexis McAllister did do something good this week. Um, just I I like that we're ending the podcast with Alexis McAllister. No, we're not. We're oh, oh, we're not. One more thing. Great. Ryan. Tell me about James Ward-Prowse. I have to keep holding him in my team. But, Brian, this is his run of games, right? We said last week, just the two of us, that it seems crazy, given his current form, that not only is he on the run of, of his season, as he usually tends to go on, but that it seemed crazy that he was like an afterthought despite being this good. Like, he's on a run that was similar to, like, I mean, he's putting up the numbers like when Jesse Lingard went on that crazy run for West yes, Ham. Very good call. Like or like Bernardo Silva. You like it's one of those guys. Or Joe, that, Joe Willick last season when he and Lingard right, were he, going on their runs. It happens every year with somebody where you're like, oh, it's like somebody probably talked about it as it was happening. The really insane people went on it right away. <laughs> right, right. And then you like, and then you don't like you. Get on it right when it's happening, and you get to just ride that wave. Mm. James Ward-Prowse is, I don't know. I it, guess he's on the crest Brian, of that wave right it's now. It's crazy. 9-13, Yeah. Uh, it, it, it completely sounds crazy. And I, that I, free kick that he had, last, his last free kick, which when he takes them, like not, I mean, everyone sees it. It was like from a mile away. And how he managed to like... <laughs> Just laser shot it right into the corner. It's is crazy. Just, uh, it's just and, an and it's not a fluke. Kick. You can't do no, that. No. no, Brian. If there's anything that's going to stop a run like James Ward Prowse has been on, it's their upcoming schedule. It's the next three games. Right. Home Manchester City, at Tottenham, at Manchester United. Well, you. So no, that's all, why I saved it for last. All this being said, James Ward Prowse, if you, if you miss the run, because the, the run's going to stop. There's no way he keeps his run going against that that lineup. Probably. I'm not going to be starting him. He's going to have to come in off the bench. um, James Ward-Prowse, by transfer in, by form, he's your fourth best midfielder. Okay. Uh, By transfers in, still an afterthought. He's basically, uh, I don't know, 15th in terms of midfielders. midfielders No one would want him for the next three matches. Yeah. I think if his schedule was, uh, if it was a little greener, uh, you might see him a bit higher there, but I totally get it. Uh, just to say, yet again, uh, you are the only person in the entire world uh, who has benefited from James Ward-Prowse in okay. this ridiculous run. It's okay. I'm all about it. Um, Connor Gallagher scored again for Crystal Palace. Like, he's, you know, now that he's back and, you know, tons of people probably had him. He's at almost 18% selected. Like, okay. he's, you know, that they have a kind of, we talked about it before, that, Comprehensively, rest of the season, Crystal Palace's schedule is really nice. Mm. So uh, that's a guy like if you he seems he seems like a a lineup kind of a lineup lock. Uh, he still is relatively cheap. The fact that he's six point one, it's still a decent price for a guy okay. that's like Patrick Vieira keeps saying every time he plays. You know, he just said uh, the guys he's going to score important goals for us, and he's going to keep doing it. Right. Okay. So. He's one of those guys that, like, you know, if if you have him, I think you just hold him for matches. Like, they play Liverpool this week. He can get something against them. Yeah. He keeps doing it. Okay. He scored against better people than Liverpool. He scored against Manchester City, is what I'm saying. Like, okay. he scored this season, he scored against Manchester City. So, he can do it against them. He can do it against anybody. And he's just one of those guys, like, 
uh, based on form and transfers in. Like this week, he's you know he's seventh most transferred in for midfielders. Wow, that makes sense. Okay, awesome. Well, Brian, I think we crushed it. Um, at least we crushed a lot of things. Okay, yeah. we might not have crushed our things, but we crushed yeah. saying a lot of things, and that's kind of what we do. Hope everyone has a fantastic match week. Do not forget it starts on Friday. Yep. For the FPL America podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time.